Coming up, was the Tommy Pham slap actually good for the sport of baseball? And D-backs get swept again to the LA Dodgers. What does it mean? Discussing all that for you next. You are locked on Diamondbacks. Your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Dimebacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or just look up Locked On Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my little listeners sharing subscribing reviewing doing all that so i could do this podcast for you thank you it's free and available on all platforms so please continue to tell your friends Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, we're gonna talk to Sully Baseball about that Tommy Fam slap heard around the world, but I first want to discuss this. Dodgers versus D-back series. I mean, I don't want to discuss it, but I think we have to because the D-backs get swept by the LA Dodgers and they didn't just get swept in a four-game series. That's now back-to-back four-game series that the D-backs have gone swept in. They've uh, since the start of 2020, the D-backs are 7 and 33 against the Dodgers. The Dodgers completely owned the D-backs. The D-backs were three for 30 with runners in scoring position in this series. Offensively, they could not get it done. From a pitching standpoint, they could not get it done. The Dodgers jumped out to a lot of early leads, and we didn't see that resilience like we normally do against the Cubs and the Royals and the Marlins. No, against the Dodgers team, um, we were not able to get it done. So what kind of broad proclamations can we make? Uh, I think only one. The D-backs are not on the Dodgers level, and that's okay. When you look at that Dodgers roster versus the D-backs roster, the Dodgers should be head and shoulders better than the D-backs, and that's what's happened so far this season. Now, does that mean the D-backs can't make the postseason or they can't make you know a run at the wild card? That doesn't mean that at all, but they are now going to be a, you know, a couple games b- below 500. Now they're going to be a few games back in that wild card race after a disgusting series to this Dodgers team, the villainous Dodgers. But thankfully, we don't have to see these fools again till September 12th. So we got a long hiatus because I don't know why the schedule makers did like this, like three series in the first two months against the Dodgers. The D-backs have only played the Rockies once, and they haven't even seen the Padres or Giants yet. So we're going to get a lot of series against those teams coming up. But let's actually talk about this series through the prism of what we discussed on Friday's show. We had four things that the D-backs maybe had to do if they wanted to at least maybe get a series split in this series. So let's go through those four things and see if the D-backs did that because, of course, they did not get the series split. But let's at least see if they hit on the things we were discussing. So the first thing that we discussed was the D-backs were going to have to smash more home runs as they entered this weekend series against the Dodgers. We knew they entered this series against the Dodgers, leading the National League in home runs in the month of May. And 
This is Dodgers team. They were completely neutralized in their last three games against L.A. They had zero home runs. Now, they did have three triples in the last two games. You know, Jake McCarthy, Perdomo and Freight Train. But they did not have a, a ton of extra base hits in this series. And they didn't have over they didn't have any over the fence power, which is usually how they get a lot of their runs. So no home runs for the D-backs against the Dodgers. But how about Mad Bum and Merrill Kelly? We said the D-backs want to maybe split the series. Then they were going to have to have their two workhorses maybe pitch into the seventh inning. And we did not get that. Merrill Kelly labored through five innings. The Dodgers jumped. Uh, they jumped out early against Merrill Kelly as they did against Madison Bumgarner as well. Merrill Kelly really labored through those five innings. He tried to go deep, but over 90 pitches thrown through five innings, a lot of Hard contact and base hits given up. He wasn't going deep in that ball game. And Mad Bum tried to go seven innings. He ended up going six innings, but he gave up four earned runs early in that game. And I said on Friday's pod, I would take another seven inning, four earned run performance from Mad Bum. And I think he gave up four earned runs in like the first three innings of the game. So we got that from him. And he tried. At one point, it looked like he might go seven, but he ends up giving up, uh, I think, a solo shot later in that game and five earned runs over six innings from Mad Bum. Kelly and Mad Bum did not bring it, and it's hard to it's hard to win a series against the best team in baseball when you don't when you don't hit home runs and your starting pitching can't go deep into a ball game. But what about Dalton Varsho? We said he had to outplay Will Smith. He couldn't just match Will Smith; that wouldn't be enough. He had to outplay Will Smith. So how did Dalton Varsho do? Well, he barely played this series. Essentially, he didn't play the last three games. He did get a pinch hit at bat on Sunday, but it was pretty much over at that point. Also, Jose Herrera got banged up on Sunday. Our catcher situation is getting very light at the moment. It seems like everyone is going down with injury. And when you look at the other side of a, for the Dodgers, Will Smith, he had a pretty solid series. He didn't do too much on Friday or Saturday, but he had a great game on Thursday, a home run on Sunday. So uh, I wish Dalton Varsho played more. I think it would be more fair comparison because it's hard to say Will Smith really outplayed Dalton Varsho when Dalton Varsho barely played in the series. But uh, I think that's what you have to say at this point. And then what about the defense? Of course, on of course, during Thursday's game, Ketel Marte was terrible defensively, and we talked about how the D-backs can't make mistakes defensively. This Dodgers team, this Dodgers lineup, too explosive, of course, to make mistakes against, and I think the defense was fine the last three games. Jake McCarthy made some incredible plays on Saturday. There was no errors Sunday or Saturday. I thought the defense was pretty good overall since Thursday's game, so I don't really blame the defense for anything that we saw this past weekend, so really, if I had to put the blame on uh, if I had to give reason or blame as to why the D-backs lost this series I'll probably start with number one they couldn't come through runners in scoring position they did have a few opportunities especially during Saturday's game where they had a few men on the bases they would have two on one out two on two outs and they were just not able to convert I mean they blew a leadoff double by Ketel Marte in the ninth inning on Saturday all you gotta do is lay down a bunt and then hit a sack fly, and the D-backs were not able to do that. They The the inning ended pretty quickly after that Ketel Marte leadoff double because I think Christian Walker was one pitch ground out after that. So the D-backs were squandering opportunities all weekend. And then the second big reason why I think the D-backs lost is because the two best pitchers that they had going since Thursday and Mad Bum and Merrill Kelly just weren't able to give the D-backs what they wanted, which is both length and a quality start. Now, Merrill Kelly only allowed three earned runs, but... He couldn't go past five innings. I mean, he labored through those five innings, and the Dodgers, even though it was only three earned runs, were totally locked in on Merrill Kelly. 
Madbum did have a little stretch where where it looked like he was mowed down the Dodgers lineup, but again, eventually they were able to get to him, and that's that's the thing with this Dodgers team. Like they're so deep and they're so patient at the plate. Like they know they don't have to be super aggressive out there. They know they don't have to chase pitches because there's going to be an All Star or an MVP pretty much as the next man up. So you oh, you don't have to put that pressure on yourself if you're a Dodgers hitter. You don't have to say, all right, there's a man on second base with one out. I have to get this guy home. Otherwise, you might not score a run for another four innings. That's how the D-backs are. Like when Ketel Marte is up and there's two men on, like if you're Ketel Marte, you're putting pressure on yourself. You know you have to convert as the best player on this team, as the guy in the middle of the order. You have to convert those opportunities if you're Ketel Marte. The pressure is there. A guy like Freddie Freeman or something like if he is not able to drive home that run from second base it's all right because he's gonna have like Cody Bellinger or he's gonna have Max Muncy or Justin Turner or an, an, name whatever all-star you want to name behind Freddie Freeman so those were the two big things to me as to why the D-backs lost this series again we don't have to play the Dodgers again to September 12th and now we face off against the reigning champs who have been playing around 500 baseball the whole year. So I think this could be a pretty evenly and competitive series against the Braves and hopefully can talk to locked on Braves host Jake Mastriani before the series ends. But now we're going to talk about that Tommy Pham slot because was it actually good for the sport of baseball? Sully and I will discuss. But first, I need to talk to you guys about Athletic Greens because I take Athletic Greens every morning to start my day because it gives me the boost I need to start my day. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all those things. So why do I like why do I like AG1 so much? Well, it's a lifestyle friendly, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, or gluten free, it fits every type of lifestyle. It's super cheap. It costs you less than $3 a day, and it's very reputable. Over 7,000 five-star reviews on Yelp. So Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different supplements and pills to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into that conversation with Sully Baseball. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to the Locked On MLB Locked On Diamondbacks crossover. It must be Monday, Monday with Millard and Sully. Hey, this show is being dropped on the 30th day of May. 2022 as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. I am your co-host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you're watching me on the YouTubes, you can please, please, please call me Sully. Hey, who's that right over there? We're sitting right over there. 
Hey, it's me, Miller Thomas. Follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or look up Locked on Diamondbacks, both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And you can follow all of the Locked on MLB podcasts on whatever podcaster catcher. I'm not even going to edit that out. Any podcast catcher of your choice. Hey, it is happy Memorial Day, by the way. Oh yeah! Happy Memorial Day! This is uh, this is a day off for most of us. Day off for you, pal Sully. Me we too, baby. That's right. We're approaching the end of May, the beginning of June. We're going to be talking in one of the upcoming segments about my concept of the summer score, and also why I believe this is the first checkpoint of the season. The first point you can really take a step back and say. Here's what our team is. Here's what we need to do. Are we contenders? Are we not? What do we have to do to pretend to be a contender? And what can we do to not mess up what we've started? You know, you can actually, there are people say you can't win the division in April or May. Actually, you can. If you get off to such a great start and then play like 500 ball the rest of the way, the Cincinnati Reds in 1990 started the season in an unbelievable tear. And from about the end of June on, they played roughly 500 ball, but they cruised to the division title and ultimately the World Series title because of that great start. You can have a tremendous start and give you that buffer when things, if things go south. That should make you feel pretty good, Yankee fans. But you also can turn things around. There have been several teams that have had losing records at Memorial Day. Like, let me just take two at random. The 2019 Washington Nationals and the 2021 Atlanta Braves. The last two times we had 162-game seasons, the teams that went on to win the World Series had losing records around this time. So uh, do not despair. You can still schedule a parade. But Miller Thomas is here. You're always Mm -hmm. here on Monday. Glad to see you, buddy. Thank you. You too. We had a traditional uh, Memorial Day cookout where we had lots of built bars. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, they we got the new on. granola bars too. The new yeah, we, granola. We, as a family, we logged on to Bet Online. I made sure everyone had something for Blue Nile. Yeah, it was just—it was a wonderful time. And then I looked for a job on LinkedIn. We had yeah. the kind of locked-on traditional mm-hmm. Memorial Day that you would hope for. Fix my car oh. on the way to the cookout too at Rock Auto. Oh, you got to go to Rock Auto. You know they got all the parts you'll ever need. Mm-hmm. But I got to say, um, I, I love Ken Burns's baseball. I watch it all the time during the uh, during the off season, and I know probably in maybe a decade or so he's probably going to add a new segment to it. And you think about like the great moments in baseball history, oh, yeah. the moments of, like those those milestones. Some of them are glorious milestones. You know, the arrival of Babe Ruth and the Jackie Robinson breaking the color line. Some of them are heartbreaking milestones, like. The, the fans of Brooklyn getting their hearts ripped out Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom style when the Dodgers left for Brooklyn. Or then you had the strike in both 81 and 94. But then you had Cal Ripken getting everyone, uh, the, the rise of Cal Ripken in 95, the, the Red Sox-Yankees great rivalry, the Cubs winning the World Series. And then you have the death of people like Lou Gehrig and Clemente and Thurman Munson. These are like the milestone moments. When you think about baseball history, 
these are the ones you want to have Bob Costas narrating and having the talking head people saying where they were and what they were doing. And we just had one of those great, great moments in baseball history when Tommy Pham slapped Jock Peterson over a fantasy football argument from 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, the stupidest story of the year. We've reached peak stupid. Just fantastic stuff from baseball this week. I mean, when did 2022 become the year of the slap? We already know about Will Smith, the whole debacle at the Oscars. And now you got baseball doing the same thing. And for the first time in a while, we got a national story surrounding baseball. That's got everyone talking. This is the first story since what? The Houston Astros scandal where everyone in the sports world is talking about it. I mean, Adam Schefter is tweeting and writing stories about this Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson slop. And the most interesting thing to me about this is the comments by Tommy Pham because he's talking about how Peterson was messing with his money. He's like, I'm a big dog down in Vegas at the casinos. And it makes me wonder. Does Tommy Pham, is he like dealing with loan sharks or something? Did he need this money because he thought his legs were going to get broken or something? His knees were going to be capped? I, I'm, I'm concerned for Tommy Pham and his safety, honestly. First of all, here's what I wish happened. I wish that this happened at a Braves and Dodgers game when it was Will Smith slapping Will Smith. Just so <laughs> we can keep having – we have Will Smiths slapping each other and just all, all over the place. But, yeah, I, I read – like, I first totally ignored this story. Ah, this seems stupid. But it became that thing that was like it wouldn't go away. It just kept getting weirder and dumber. And – Tommy Pham makes six million dollars a year. Now I understand after taxes and after fees, he it's not six million dollars of mm-hmm. take home pay. Six million dollars used to buy you an entire bionic man in the 1970s. Maybe not so much these days, but the fact of the matter is, he's probably bringing home a salary no matter what. Even after agent fees and everything, there's two commas in his available balance. Okay, he's he's over a million tomatoes. In if you go to his Wells Fargo account and they say available balance, it's in the millions at this point. I should hope so. So, you know, the idea of playing fan, I don't understand the stakes at fantasy football at this point. I'm not a fantasy player. I played fantasy a, a few times in the early 2000s. Then I became a father and I realized, you know what? I spend a lot of time following baseball. I can't also follow a fantasy team. And so something I had to give. And um, I know people take their fantasy sports seriously. That's another reason why I left me. Because it was also like, guys, this is supposed to be fun. Uh, I'm not having fun anymore. Bye. Um, But how much was on the line in this fantasy football game that, that it merited two years later a slap over, if I'm not mistaken, trash talking with an animated jib jab gif or something like that wasn't that it wasn't like it was a thing like there's a picture of like the the giants and the dodgers like weightlifting and then the padres falling on their face and something i I don't even know it seems threefold the reason. It seems first it was a money problem because Tommy Pham said he was messing with his money. Two, it seemed like Jock Peterson was disrespecting the Padres in the comments. And then number three, which keeps uh, slipping out of my mind for some reason. Um, but there was three parts. I'll get back to that third one in a second. But Tommy Pham has made $28 million in his career. So it's not like this guy 
is uh, struggling for money, really. And I'm someone who's addicted to fantasy football. I'm in like five to seven leagues every offseason. Like I, I absolutely, I'm already doing mock drafts. Football didn't start till September. I'm literally doing mock drafts right now for fantasy football. That's how addicted I am. And so it, it definitely gets personal sometimes, but I'm never going to slap someone over a fantasy. No, it should never get that serious. So I, I don't know what was said. I don't know. Well, I don't, it, it, like like trash talking is part of fancy football. You yes. do that in your group chats. So I don't know why he took it so personally. Sully and I will continue that conversation about the slap heard around the world. But I first want to say thank you for making Locked On Dimebacks your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts. Taking fans through the season like no other network. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up the pod. Um, okay, now look at I trash dark. I the last time I really did fantasy baseball was in the wake of the 2004 World Series, and there was a couple people in my fantasy league who were big Yankee fans, and the Red Sox. I don't know if you know what happened in 2004 in the World Series there, but uh, uh, it was not a good time to be a Yankee fan, and I would needle the Yankee fans about that and they would still write 1918 at me and I said um buddy uh who's your paper boy uh you may want to check the news uh that's over and like I would say up 3-0 said now list all mm-hmm. the teams that have blown a 3-0 lead in a, in a seven game series in baseball um one still and still to this day and he started that guy started writing me privately and um and at one point, tried to blame September 11th on Red Sox fans. Oh, okay. That's that's just deep. That just dark. He said. Dark. He said, "You know, they came from Boston, right? They were Red Sox fans." I said, "You know what? I don't know much about Al Qaeda. <laughs> no, I don't know much about their philosophies. <laughs> Not a lot of guys named Fitzy and Murph from Randolph, Massachusetts. Um, anyway, that's when I said I should leave. Yeah, I should yeah. leave." Time for me to go. I thought that's a smart decision. Yeah, that that's not good trash talking. But uh, and so and I I do find it funny that athletes are involved in these games now, and that and that they could that they will trash talk each other's teams. But you know, slapping no. But there is something else here. There is something else. You know who usually doesn't scream that they're big players in Vegas. Big players in Vegas. Exactly. Mm. Usually, like, you got to be. Usually, the people who scream their big players in Vegas are the people who are down a lot of money in Vegas. It's like Warren Buffett doesn't drive around in a limo saying, "I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich." He's just rich, you know. And I'm not. And like the people who are the big players there don't walk around talking about how they're a big player. They probably just come in there. They get their hotel comped. And uh, and they just they do their playing there, which makes me think that this story is not going to go away for 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 two reasons. Um, first of all, baseball has gotten into bed with gambling and it will inevitably turn into a Pete Rose think piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and my my stance on Pete Rose remains the same. He's not in the Hall of Fame because he chooses not to be. 
because the minute he goes into the Hall of Fame, he no longer is relevant and no longer part of a debate and no longer in the news. And the next time he's in the news will be his obituary. So he knows the more he stands, the more money he can make outside of the Hall of Fame playing a martyr because he's been given lifeline after lifeline after raft after raft. And he's turned he has turned them all away because of that. So please, please, please spare me any Pete Rose a victim commentary on this. But baseball has jumped into bed with Everyone. with with yeah, but you know, with gambling. Mm-hmm. With uh, we've had to read some ad reads from some of these companies, and they read read with the uh, um, what's the name of the big fantasy? Like there's a big gambling fantasy sports thing there. Which I, like, oh god, what was it? It was everywhere for a while. And what I, that I, we were doing the ad? Yeah, we were doing. It just shows oh, you how like much higher stuff. It, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It shows you how much I pay attention to these ad reads. They, wow. they, they all they all come from my heart, but. Um, uh, DraftKings, thank you, DraftKings. Oh, they that got one? with DraftKings and, you know, and like wanting to put a team in Las Vegas and everything like that. And I have a feeling, and I'm not going to sing that because I don't want to get us into any copyright issues with the Beatles, but <laughs> I've got a feeling there's something more to this, and it may have something to do with how much money Tommy Pham owns. That yeah. I have a feeling... That those that six million bucks he got from was from Cincinnati or whatever it is, I bet a lot of that's gone. No, People you know when he says you're messing with my money, he said you're a millionaire. How much money are you spending on fantasy football? If you have to slap someone pregame over money, it sounds like you got an issue on your hands. And before I forget, the third part of the reason why he might have slapped him from my earlier discussion 10 minutes ago is because he thinks Jock Peterson might have cheated in the fantasy football league. Apparently, oh. he tried to put someone on the injured reserve and then he picked up a free agent the same day. I don't know what was his issue with Tommy Pham or Tommy Pham's issue with Jock Peterson, but Jock Peterson pulled up to that post-game press conference with receipts on his phone. So that I, I just love this whole back and forth between these two. It's been really fun, and uh, I'm just glad that baseball's back in the national spotlight, and we're talking about something, because this is what baseball needs. We were talking last week about how can you better market the stars and the exposure for the game. Well, you know one thing you need? You need freaking drama, Sully. Baseball, a lot of time, we just talk about who's the best teams, and we just talk about stats and numbers, and just very black or white when we talk about baseball. For once, we got some drama, and we could talk Mm -hmm. about the gray lines and society and morality. Well, I'll tell you the other thing I love about it. The other thing I love about it. And it, and it is, and again, boy, H-Town and Eric, you may want to turn off the podcast here right now Uh-oh. and everyone from, from Astros Twitterverse. It's what I loved about the Astros banging the trash can scandal and, yes, the Altuve having a buzzer on him allegations, which nobody can dismiss based upon the, the trash can scandal. Here's what I loved about the trash can scandal, what I love about this. It's a dumb, harmless controversy. It doesn't have to do with drugs. Doesn't have to do with abuse. Doesn't have to do with you know race or racial taunts. Doesn't have to do with you know anything illegal or anything that's violent. It has to do with one was banging a effing trash can, and the other is you put a linebacker on the IL when he wasn't on the IL, and you're yeah. cheating two years ago in fantasy football. Jack Peterson has won two World Series rings since then. Wow. For him, not his fantasy league. Actual World Series rings. 
Maybe Tommy Pham should be more thinking about that. But I, I love know. a dumb, fun controversy where in the end, yes, is it maybe Tommy Pham's cheek needed to be sacrificed. Palo Alto's own Jock Peterson's, uh, I meant to say Jock Peterson's cheek needed to be sacrificed by Tommy Hand's slap. So we can have <laughs> Tommy something. Hand. Tommy Hand! God, I wish it was one of the Will Smiths. I know I've already made that joke, but I really wish it was one of the Will Smiths. We have two Will Smiths in the league. One of them's going to do the slap. But, you know, the, I love how dumb this is. I love dumb. In fact, that's going to be the title of this, uh, this show. Oh, I, love dumb. Dumb. Oh, okay. know, I love dumb. I love dumb. And this is just dumb. And it's so much fun. And, they, and dumb fun is part of it. Now, you were know? you surprised by the three games, though? Did you feel like that was egregious? Um, Jeff Carr, you may want to turn away your ears for oh, this. Okay. No uh, one's not ha- this podcast. Not having, not having Tommy Pham on the lineup is not really going to turn the pennant race around for the Cincinnati Reds at this point. In fact, I believe the Reds won the three games that they did have with Tommy Pham. So maybe the Reds should put him on the pine a little more often. Um, yeah, who knows? That fantasy football pot might have been bigger than like the playoff bonus. So maybe the fantasy football ring is more important than the World Series ring, Sully. I, I don't know. I I love things that are dumb. This is as dumb as it gets. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. Talk about game one against the Braves. And we got part two with Sully Baseball where we talk about Goldschmidt and him leaving the one that got away. So it's going to be a sad pod tomorrow. So come back tomorrow. As always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces!